I will never write a single line which I have not first felt in my own heart. He'll teach you everything. Truer words were never spoken. All right. Language and writing were made available. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Okay, don't freak out, but I've been sitting here waiting for you this whole time. This is John Helps You Write Better. I'm John. Let's write better. Here we go. Today we're continuing our discussion about building that relationship between reader and writer through the vehicle and medium of your art by coming at this in a slightly different direction than we came yesterday. Yesterday we talked about common ground and the idea that you can look for elements in your relationship with your work, with your ideas, and express them to someone else who's maybe had similar experiences or similar thoughts about a particular thing. What we're looking for now, since we've covered common ground, what we're looking for now are kind of the irregular points, the places and spots and ideas where you stand out for some reason. And I'm sure this concept is going to make some people uncomfortable because I'm suggesting to deviate from the crowd. And I'm not talking about like doing something overly dramatic or overly negative. I'm talking about just, to, to put it bluntly, having a brain in your head, having a thought, and having a point and expressing that point. You're allowed to do that. Your writing can do that. You don't have to homogenize. You don't have to think so hard about what you write to produce or engage that audience by force. It's a matter of having something to say because you want to say it. So let's consider this part of the relationship building process, making a point. Let's talk about how we make that point. Let's talk about how we craft that point. Let's suppose we need an example. Let's suppose we have something to say about um, making sure everyone feels included. There's a couple different ways we can do this with our story. We can write the whole story around this idea of inclusion. We can make it a theme of our work. Now, when we do something like that, the theme is going to require the reader to pick up on it and, and absorb it, understand it, perceive it even. And sometimes readers will do that and it won't be a problem no matter how easily or complexly. Complexly? Is that a word? I don't know. No matter how you craft this idea throughout your work, readers will pick up on it and some will and some won't and some will totally vibe with it and some will and some won't. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That is one avenue for getting this point across. The other thing you can do is be more direct. Now, being more direct about it, coming out right and saying it, again, we're stepping away from the work here. So we're looking at you from your spaces and platforms and soapboxes and in your opportunities, you getting out and saying these things. Here's where the risk comes in. And that risk is entirely social pressure. There's no actual risk to you. No one is going to like appear in your doorway instantaneously in like a spooky costume and and kill you like in a horror movie just because you turn to a friend at a coffee place and said a sentence about inclusion or making sure no one feels left out. 
That's that's not that's not a thing that happens. But the social pressure, particularly in digital spaces, where this idea of the culture and atmosphere being something where you will receive restriction or penalty or um, collective virtual harm, is often enough for people to not you know not express themselves and. Yeah, we often talk about this in terms of like real bad people and really bad opinions, but that equal pressure applies also to people with valid opinions and valid thought. I'm not saying we should condone the negative stuff. I'm not saying I agree with the negative stuff. All Nazis should be more than punched and every fascist should be driven out like, you know, driven deep into the ocean on a small boat with a hole in it. People should line up against a wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm never one to shy away from making a point. What I'm trying to suggest is that you have the same opportunity. If you believe something, say it. Use your platform. Yes, there are going to be somebody there's there's going to be somebody somewhere who's not happy about it. There's going to be somebody somewhere who's displeased about it or disagrees with you. Remember that your job isn't to be agreed with. Your job isn't to say inoffensive things as though we're all wearing like foam rubber and engage with the world. Our job isn't to get people to like everything we do and like everything we are and like everything we produce so that nobody's upset. And so often this gets leveraged as if you upset somebody, you are taking away a sale. And because we have built a system that equates sales with success, and you're only as good as your sales numbers are, if you're doing things to take away sales, you must therefore be a bad person. This is stupid horseshit. Because in having a point in believing something, whether that's a faith, whether that's a precept of existence, whether that's a philosophy, whether that's just a social contract idea, whether it's advocacy for something, whether it's calling something out. If you believe in something, why not say something about it? You don't always have to try to infuse it into your work like we're speaking a coded language. You can just say something. There's nothing wrong with that. You're free to do that. You're welcome to do that because you're a human on this planet with with an experience, having an experience, and you are allowed to share that and then connect with other people also having that experience. We've talked elsewhere at other times about how a lot of what's going on is just people waiting for somebody to go first. They're waiting for someone to do a thing because they're afraid to do it themselves because they're afraid of that perceived pushback or the perceived response. They could get rejected. They could get shunned. Although if we're looking at things straightforwardly, no one is shunned. They're pressed offline, they're chased away from social media, they're shamed, and maybe they lose access to stuff or they lose a job in one arena or one dimension, but they're not, you know, exiled to the moon. We talk about these things like we've canceled people, like we've we've banished them. We haven't banished them. We just don't want them online. So, okay, so they delete social media off their phones. We haven't prevented them from, you know, eating, sleeping, and having a roof over their head. We haven't eliminated them from the population. I don't think we need to go that far that the minute you step out of line, online, that, you know, you should lose fingers and toes in some kind of strange digital torture field. I'm saying that 
this idea of, oh my God, if I say this thing online, there will be negative pushback and it'll be bad, is an assumption based on anecdotal evidence. And it's an assumption based on looking only at the worst case scenario where people who legitimately deserve punishment and castigation, you know, all manners of bigots, the intolerant, uh, all manner of violent, harmful people. Yeah, those people deserve something more than just, oh, I don't want you online. They deserve, you know, more aggressive physical means for sure. But you having an opinion as a writer, you having an opinion as somebody who just wants to say, hey, don't pick on kids in school, that's not comparable. That's not equal. And building a relationship with your readership, you have to take that into account. You have to think about that. We can't continue to pander and cater to the lowest common denominator thinking where we are somehow saying that there's this canceling atmosphere that equally cancels Nazis because they're clearly not canceled. They're around everywhere. Right alongside with somebody who's talking about bullying or somebody who's talking about changing language to be more inclusive or somebody who's just making a point because this is what they believe in and, and somebody else might disagree. Like those things are not equitable. They're not the same. They're not synonymous. But the culture and the climate has to apply such rigid, inflexible rules in order to maintain itself. The reason why you get all these discourses on social media is because without these discourses, social media fails to keep people on the platform and everybody wants to stay on the platform because that's what the platform wants. You get your dopamine hit, you get your attention span you know, monkeyed around with, and you end up feeling dissatisfied, but also at the same time telling yourself that this is where everything is happening. And it's, it's, just, it's just not. But building our readership, we have to be careful about how we craft our digital presence. That's what we'll talk about tomorrow. But here and now, I want to tell you that in addition to seeking common ground, you are allowed to seek uncommon ground. You are allowed to make a point. You are allowed to stand on your own two feet and say something. Yes, some people somewhere might not like it, but that's okay. I'm not suggesting that you need to suddenly drink the most bitter, poisonous bile and spit it back at the world. I'm saying that if you believe in something, say something about it. And it'll be fine. Because you can use your writing as more than just a thematic delivery system. You can use your platform, you can use your space to say something. Just stand up and think it through and express it. And let it exist. And understand that that's going to expose you to some response that you might not like, but that doesn't make you a bad person or certainly not a bad writer. Give that some thought and I'll talk to you tomorrow.